Hey, pals. Welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. And I'm Stephanie. And this is the podcast where we play superhero role-playing games and then talk about them. It's time for another run. And Steph, how do you what, how do you feel about the X-Men? The, the from Marvel, the mutants from, from Marvel, the X-Men. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to say that not a day has gone by in the last 10 or so years of my life when I have not thought about the X-Men. That's not a boast. <laughs> it's probably, it's it's more in the, the way of an admission. Uh, but I, I do think about comic book mutants a lot. And I do recommend if, if you would like to do that along with me, that you think about the comic book mutants rather than the pale and not nearly gay enough imitations that we've gotten from the Fox movies. Yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. And so, well, I've got a game for you then, and I've got a game for us. This is Exceptionals, and it's written by Gar Atkins and published under his Bramble Wolf Games imprint. This is a game about mutants. It is. Only we're not going to call them mutants because this is, you know, I was thinking like serial numbers filed off. This is actually like, like a ballpoint pen changing the nine to an eight or like the seven to a two. This is, this is very much wearing it and not a criticism at all. It is honestly not a criticism. It's just very much a mutants game. It, it is designed as a simulator of what happens in X-Men comics. And it is in particular designed as a simulator of what happens in X-Men comics that are not focused on giant save the world superhero fights or crossovers with other Marvel stuff. The kind of X-Men comics where Logan and Piotr have a couple of beers and get in a fight over whether Piotr has been a good boyfriend. Spoiler, he has not. Uh, or <laughs> when... Uh, the New Mutants decide to throw a slumber party and an alien arrives and the various human mutants have to figure out their relation to gender. Spoiler, it's really complicated. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what, what X fans tend to call quiet issues, uh -huh. character driven stuff about what it means to be a mutant in a society that often hates and fears you and to, to find your kind. Yeah. So we're going to be calling them Genos from here on out for being genodivergent. These are people with the Claremont Simonson mutation. I think this is, this is going to be a great contrast, I think, to, to the last run where we did champions. This is very much a, a different kind of comic book storytelling. And I think we told a pretty fun story. Just so that kind of people have the context, though, can you break down quickly the character creation and kind of what you and the other two players have in front of you while we're doing the game? I can. So this is a game that is much more oriented to telling a story about where your character comes from and who they are and where they're going. And so the character creation process is pretty narrative. You're telling a story about who you're playing before anything happens, but it does have elements with special names. If you're creating a character in Exceptionals, you are not only you know creating a name and a concept and a backstory, but also selecting two out of nine mutation protocols. And those are kinds of powers that you can have. The Enhancer, for example, changes or amplifies the powers of other mutants around them. The gimmick is someone whose power is tied to an object, like the Silver Samurai has a samurai sword, and his mutant power in Marvel Comics is all bound up with that sword. The projectionist does not work in a movie theater, but fires beams of something or projectiles and so on. So you pick two out of nine power sets called protocols, and then with each power set, you pick three tags or features that make you especially good at stuff and one tag that is a disadvantage. And then, and this is one of my favorite parts of the system. Oh, yeah. You pick two persona protocols. And there are a lot of persona protocols. There are 14 persona protocols. And they are things like the athlete, the heart, who's someone who's emotionally giving and, and supports their, their teammates. The joker, who is not a Batman villain, but someone who likes playing jokes and keeping things light. The scientist the socialite who throws parties, the strategist who does the sort of thing Scott Summers does of figuring out angles and making plans, and so on. You pick two of these, 
they too come with three advantage tags and one disadvantage tag. And they tell you, they give you a connection between the story you're telling about your character's feelings and what it's like to be them and what kind of roles you make and what happens in the game mechanically, a connection that does not depend on your powers, which means you could have two characters in this game who have almost the same powers who approach the world super differently and their roles are going to be different because they've got different persona protocols. So those two parts of the superpowered character, their powers, their personalities are given, uh, you know, unless you're allowed to tweak this, you know, just as needed, but but by default, exactly equal mechanical weight in this game, which which is pretty cool. It is. So on top of this, uh, the players met and came up with their base, which is a lovely board game cafe known as a roll or two and defined some contacts in that base and, and we'll meet them during the actual play. When we get down to the challenges in the story, Exceptionals uses a 2D10 system. And so I, as the editor, am going to set a difficulty level for whatever the task. And this is scaled based on the character. So a very strong character would have an easy time breaking down a door and, and a, a not physically strong character wouldn't. And that's reflected in, in a target number that I'm going to tell the players or shall we say the writers during the game. And before they roll their 2d10s, they're going to count up all of the beneficial tags from their character sheets across those four protocols that are going to help them in this situation. They get plus two for the first one and then plus one for each subsequent one. And then any tags that are hindering this, there's a minus two for that. There's additional bonuses that they can get from having bonds with other characters, helping out, that sort of thing. And it all goes together. That gets added to the two D10s. And then we're going to compare that to whatever difficulty I set. The difference between their role and the difficulty is going to define what happens in this story. If it's a very small uh, positive, if they beat the number by a small amount, there's a normal success. If they beat the number by a larger amount, it's a greater success. And if they beat it by 10, they get a critical success and can narrate their own benefits and sort of the story that comes out of there. Likewise, there's a little failure, there's a big failure, and then there's a catastrophic failure at negative 10. So mechanically, not uh, not a whole lot to keep track of, which which I think really let us sort of focus on the narrative of this. And uh, Steph, is there anything else we should say before we get to it? Let's play. All right. Okay, here we are, ready to go. Steph, how you doing? I'm okay. Better than okay. Better than okay. Be- I'm excited. Better than okay. Are you doing? Are you feeling exceptionally good? Is the question. I'm feeling exceptional in some way. What ways we'll have to play to find out. Oh, there we go. Putting it all in this morning. All right, we've got a pair of guests today to play exceptionals with us. Our first guest, she's a writer and podcaster who hosts the Tough Pigs podcast, Habawa, and also appeared as a character on the first two seasons of the Rollout podcast. Please welcome Becca Petunia. Bex, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm I'm ready to ready to be exceptional. Love it. Well, I'm very glad to have you here. And we'd also like to welcome Armand Babu, who is a freelance writer and comics critic, most of whose work can be found at Comics XF, where, among many other exceptional things, he's doing monthly reviews of the current She-Hulk comic with me. Please welcome Armand Babu to the show. Hello. Hi. I, too, am ready to um, attempt to be exceptional. So we should launch in. And the first scene that I want to set is actually for you, Stephanie, and or should I say Faraday? You should. You are walking in Partisan Park, which is a state forest that you work in. What do you what do you do for them? I'm a park ranger. My superhero name is Faraday, but when I am doing my day job, which I mostly like, I go by Penny or Penelope Madrid, and I do what park rangers do, which is to check out that uh, everyone's having fun, including the badgers and the raccoons and the non-invasive species of plants and animals. I identify invasive species and other threats to the parkland. And I do like being outdoors. And frankly, I'd better because my powers make almost 
any indoor job a non-starter for me. Yeah, so it's a Friday evening, and because of those powers, some say they are a curse, but honestly, the physical inability to doom scroll is, I think, in many ways a blessing. So you're taking a walk in the park. I am. And I don't know if you meant to go here. Or if your feet just kind of led them there, led you there by themselves. But you happen upon the area that has been permitted Mm -hmm. for the pipeline. It's a pipeline. It's always a pipeline. Yeah. So it hasn't been built yet, but the news just came through earlier this week that there will be a natural gas pipeline going through a, what people claim is just a very narrow part of the park. And they're starting to stage some of the construction equipment. Now, it's a Friday evening. No one else is around. But you see some of the earth movers. You see the things that are going to be chopping down trees and making way for this pipeline. Do not want. So I am going to do three things as I pass by the parked construction equipment and other prep for the pipeline. The first thing I'm going to do is write down some details for what I see because tomorrow morning I am going to see my friend Lark, who is a deputy admin in the state park system who is responsible in theory for Partisan Park. And I want to check in with him to see if there's any easy legal way to stop this thing or slow it down because it's not something I want in my park or really any park. Uh, And the second thing I'm going to do is take a look at all of this parked stuff to see if there's anything that seems like it's maybe not supposed to be there, violating the terms of the agreement that supposedly lets them build this thing, just kind of inspect the machines. And the third thing I'm going to do is get as close as I can to some of these parked pieces of modern construction equipment, because... Frankly, a lot of them have onboard computers and other stuff. And, uh, you know, it'd be a shame if something were to happen to them. And that is what I do when I get too close to electronics and I'm not controlling my field. Yeah. I mean, when you see them there, it's, you know, you have that hope of, of maybe we can still stop this through the system. But you've been talking with Lark on and off for a couple months on this now. And that is a, a real stretch of a hope at this point. But you do take a look at these things and you know what? This is, this is modern heavy equipment. The companies, they're buying the big machines. They're licensing the software for them. There's all sorts of onboard computers, half of them to prevent you from doing your own repairs. They are pretty technological beasts. I'm going to just look around to see if anyone's watching. And I don't think I'll be fired or disciplined for this because you don't have to go very far up the park ranger hierarchy before you get to people who don't know my powers. So I haven't made a habit of this, but I'm wondering if I should, and I'm just going to brick them. We're just going to extend that electrical field and uh, make sure that those things will not start on Monday morning if I can. Yeah, so that is your power to project out this electrical field that messes with chips and technology and that sort of thing. And let's, why don't we roll for this? So in Exceptionals, it's a 2D10 system. And I'm going to set a difficulty level. Okay. Anywhere from 2 to higher than 24. That is going to be a relative difficulty for how you specifically might find this task. This is part of how the game handles sliding power scales. What's easy for Hawkeye is potentially hard for the Hulk and vice versa. And then you're going to add some of the power tags and subtract some of the power weaknesses that you have determined on your character sheet ahead of time. I think that sort of bricking a handful of these vehicles, we're going to call this an average roll. So I'm going to pick a a 12 as the target. Do you have any tags that are going to apply to this? I do. I do. In the case of Faraday, she's got one big set of powers, an electrical field around her body that she has limited control over, which can do all the things that are her genopower. So I've got a tag called I bricked your device on purpose. 
which gives me a plus two, I believe, as the first uh, positive tag. Yep. First tag is plus two. The other tag that could give me a plus one would be my sense of what's where. That's a tag called I know where things are. So I should be able to figure out where the metals are and where the circuits are in some of these devices. Sort of how you're shaping uh, this this field that you project. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plus three. Uh, Any weaknesses here? So the weakness tags are I bricked your device by accident. (laughs) I get lonely. uh, And then I've got a bias toward action. I want to just do things instead of letting other people do things. uh, And I am not online. Um, I don't think any of those apply. Honestly, I'm going to give the bias towards action as a plus one to this role as well. So I think you've got a plus four because you know what? Faraday, you're taking things into your own hands right now. I am. Now, that bias towards action is a weakness tag, but if a weakness tag can be a plus one, this might be a place to use it. All right, roll it up. Okay, let's do this. Okay. What did I say, 12? You said 12. Okay, listeners will know that I have no working memory. So we have got a five plus three. It's a two and a three on the dice. All right, so that's an eight. You fail this, and you fail it by two. In exceptionals, there is sort of a range of outcomes based on the difference between the target and where you rolled. So we get to consult a chart for this. At a minus two, that is just a straight failure. And I get to decide as the editor how you fail on this one. Okay. I mean, not okay, but okay. Yeah. And I think that the failure here, we're going to add sort of the narrative thing where it's clear that there was sabotage. When they look at these things on Monday morning, it's not going to be like, oh, like the batteries died because someone left the headlamps on all weekend or whatever. It's going to be like, oh, no, these chips got fried. Ooh, that is a better outcome for the forest in the short term than having my attempt to brick them actually fail. On the other hand... The people I work with who know about my powers are going to trace this back to me right away unless I do something to make it look like some other kind of sabotage. So, But here's the fun part. Uh Uh-oh. Because it's a failure, you don't realize that. Oh, no. I, I just, I guess I just walk away having wrongly believed that I have untraceably bricked these devices. Before we end this scene, I just want to picture Faraday. How are you feeling about yourself right now? Very mixed. On the one hand, I believe that I have slowed down a threat to Partisan Park and to the broader system of, you know, trees and badgers and even Homo sapiens that I kind of want to keep around. On the other hand, I am pretty much all the time scared that I'm going to get fired because I'm a Gino, because there are so few jobs I can do, because I like this one, because I have already noped out of one of the only other jobs I could in theory do, which is more conventional law enforcement. I quit that because didn't want to be a cop cop. That's fair. And I'm a little apprehensive and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing my friends at the board game cafe this weekend. So let's cut to the next morning. It is a Saturday morning and we open up on a roll or two. This is a board game cafe. It's in the warehouse district and actually in half of a warehouse. And this is the community center in New Arcadia for the 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 Genos, or or I would say that there actually is technically a community center half associated with this, but this is the this is a gathering place. This is a common meeting area for your community. It is to some degree a fairly safe space. You don't advertise that much, and you know, there are some security protocols in place. But it's also a cafe that has, to be honest, the best coffee cake in New Arcadia, owing to the owner, Dan, who is a Gino himself. And, you know, with the power of dokinesis, dude can make some pretty incredible things. Yes. Does he have the gooseberry coffee cake today? Uh, He may. Mm. Eddie. You're here this morning. What is your, first of all, what is your cafe order? Just a simple coffee with a lot of extra sugars. I need a lot of energy as a speedster (laughs) and blueberry muffins, at least three, four if I'm feeling slightly peckish. (laughs) And I could really go for four blueberry muffins. (laughs) Where do you sit? In the cafe, somewhere. So the the cafe is, I imagine, um, sort of designed around a, a large sort of seating area right in the middle, where there are a couple of couches on the edge of this sort of 
really old faded rug, but a lot of places where you can just sort of sit on the floor as well and, you know, do some readings or lay out some of the, uh, the bigger board games or even just a bunch of the smaller ones. I am sitting on the floor and resting my back against one of the couches uh, with my laptop uh, uh, plugged in and um, just, uh, you know, getting some, some work done while also having a couple of separate tabs open for some creative ideas that are that are coming to me. Excellent. Now, the other question, who here knows that you're a Gina? I would say um, that Penny definitely knows. Dan is... I have dropped enough hints or slip-ups that I know that Dan definitely knows, but I've never actually said it out loud. Oh, yeah, he's he's got a sense for these, uh, you know, game recognized game. You can you can tell when you know. Yes, as you're sitting there, you hear a familiar woman's voice, and she says, "All right, come on, come on, Juliet, come on. No, this this is going to be fun. No, you're going to like it here." You hear the voice of uh, Elaine Matthews who is a uh, a game programmer part of your day job you make uh if you said knock off mobile games and uh she's she does some of the programming side to your designing side um i'll look up and sort of wave her over all right she comes over oh, Eddie hey Eddie i didn't expect to see you here i uh it's it's a nice place. It's it's got good blueberry muffins, and and I'm told the coffee cake is good. She says, "Yeah, yeah, we're here for the um. I, there's a pro. It it's for it's for Juliet, and so she gestures down, and she's got a an eight nine year old kid with her. Who I think you you may have you may have heard her mention mm. uh, from time to time, but I, I don't know if you realized before that you know she is uh she is a Gino." And the way that that is expressing right now is that her hair is is like sort of almost like metal spikes. And it's kind of pointing in different directions because, you know, you can't comb this without uh-huh. a blowtorch. Uh-huh. And so she's there and she kind of Juliet sort of like waves shyly at you. And Elaine says, hey, Juliet, this is uh, uh, one of my coworkers. This is this is Eddie. It's a uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Would you like uh, a muffin? Eddie is definitely uncomfortable around kids, um, although, uh, I mean, you know, he, he's open to being friendly around them, but it never seems to quite work out. But, but, but Blue Berry Muffin seemed like a good social bribe. All right. I'm not actually sure how she's going to take this. Why don't you roll for this one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's... Are, are you able to convince the shy child to eat a blueberry muffin? <laughs> and I think this is, this is going to be on the easier side. We'll give you this for like an eight. Um, yeah. Do you have any tags that would help out here? Um, I'm gonna bo- I'm gonna use my endless puns <laughs> and say, uh, you know, I like having one of these when I'm feeling blue. Yeah, that is. Let me tell you, that is that is a winner with the eight to nine year old crowd. So I think definitely plus two there. In the in the same in the same uh, subsection of power tags, I've got laughter is a comfort zone. So making jokes is definitely one of those. So. I'm, I, there is possible that I could use my third one. Like, I'm just, just, just pulling all of them from my Joker protocol. You're like great with muffins. Mm. Laughter is a comfort zone, endless puns, and uh, the harmless tag, which is the reputation people tend to have, uh, that I have, you know, with people. So uh, let's see. I don't think there are any other tags I could use at this time. All right. Let's do a plus four then. Okay. Uh, and roll. That is a 14 plus four. I got an 18 there. Okay, so you succeed by 10, which makes this a critical success. She critically eats the muffin. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things about exceptionals is actually for critical successes and failures, you, Armand, as the writer, get to narrate a wondrous success, and then you will get to choose either an additional narrative advantage or reward, or someone present or aware of this situation that approves of this action gains a bond point with you. So I think what happens here is that Juliet, I think she warms up to the muffin and, uh, Elaine on seeing, uh, you know, on, on seeing that, that we're relatively comfortable with each other, um, says, is it all right? You know, if I leave, uh, Juliet here with you, I'll go just get some coffees and, you know, some breakfast from the counter and heads away. And, uh, I sit down with Juliet and show her some of the creative stuff that I've been working on on the laptop. One of my own games that I've been a little shy to show people, but I've got some character art on a Pinterest board and some basic ideas and talk good through it. And she's actually pretty enthusiastic about it. 
And I think this, um, since this is my first time meeting Juliet, I think this will increase the bond a little bit between me and Elaine. Because I imagine it's it, it's good for a friendship if a friend is comfortable with your child. I think so. All right. I love that. And yeah, Juliet comes over and, you know, you kind of maneuver a little bit to, to be honest, avoid the, the spiky hair. But uh, yeah, she's kind of she's into it and, and looking at the the art. And I think that through a mouthful of muffin, she says, uh, are you a Gino too? Oh, darling. I freeze at that question. I don't know what to say, but I look at the um, the crumbs that, 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 you know, she spilled on my laptop to, you know, eating muffins and talk at the same time. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I will slowly put my hand over the things, you know, so, so that her gaze is focused there. And at super speed, I will clean my keyboard up and then just hold my finger to my lips and, and give her, you know, a bit of a knowing look and glance over at her mother and just for now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Her, her eyes go wide and she smiles. I think she, she puts her, her, her finger up to her lips as well in, in kind of acknowledgement that now you two have a shared secret. Oh. And it's so cool. Oh, the way that children react to see that's, it's so good. It's so sweet. Never lose that, Juliet. Never lose it. <laughs> Now, the reason that Juliet is here is actually to see you, Mandy. Why don't you describe what, what you run for uh, for the Geno kids? Yeah, so so my character is named Mandy, uh, Mandy Core, which her her superhero or Geno name is Manticore. And Mandy uh, is a former elementary school teacher who her Geno mutation activated late in later in life than normal. So Mandy, for a variety of reasons, now works at the community center or volunteers there. And she is running a, I mean, if, if Juliet is nine, I wouldn't necessarily call it story time because I feel like nine-year-olds are a little too old and cool for story time. But it's kind of like a, a youth program for like, like nine-year-olds uh, or kids of that age group today, mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. age groups at different days and different times to just sort of talk about, you know, their experiences and things like that, specifically for the kind of genos who don't pass so well, right? Who can't hide their powers. Just a, a, a sort of safe environment for, for kids like that to, to talk together. And Mandy feels really strongly about this because Mandy absolutely cannot hide the fact that she's a Gino. She has, uh, horns and like three or four rows of fangs, giant, giant claws, a scorpion tail. And also she's like eight feet tall. So she knows what it's like to not really be able to go stealth. Like everybody knows that she's a Gino. So she really likes to give, give kids like Juliet uh, a place where they can kind of, you know, discuss how this feels and discuss strategies and, and, you know, cool things in the news and stuff like that. I love that. I also, I've been sort of headcanoning that I think that most of the doorways around this place probably have like a couple dents mm -hmm, in them mm -hmm. for maybe when you were first kind of getting used to it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you are an absolute fixture in this space, completely unmissable. And yeah, you're here to, to run the program on Saturday. And I think before things start, Gordy, who is kind of been spearheading the community center side of this this cafe he comes over he's uh gino as well he's got a couple extra arms couple extra legs and he says uh oh oh manticore manticore uh i i heard back from the public library the story time hour isn't gonna work out <sighs> i know it was in the newsletter but apparently there were some complaints uh, you know i i had a feeling you'd say that but I think we can still do this. There's other libraries in the county. You know, don't get disappointed. I think we can make this happen. Uh, I mean, I'd like to try. There's always there's always story time here, right, Gordy? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, but I know you've got a program this morning, so um, yeah, you know. yeah. Oh, and I, I see. Don't let it get you down, Manicor. I'll I'll try. I, I see. I see one of uh one of our. Our new, uh, our, our new friends is here today. Oh yeah. She's, a, she's a sweetheart. Oh, it's great. Uh, yeah. You're going to have tons of fun. It's going to be great. 
So don't let get you down. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to walk over to, uh, to, to Eddie and Juliet. Uh, and, and I'm going to, you know, kneel, kneel down, crouch down as best as I can. Although crouching is <laughs> still like six feet tall. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you're, you're, you still got a good foot and a half over her. Yeah. She looks at you just like eyes wide and just like amazed. You're the coolest thing she's ever seen. I'm going to say, hi there. Hi there. I'm, I'm Mandy. Uh, who, who are you? Um, I'm, 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 I'm Juliet Silva. Ah, Juliet. That's a very pretty name. It's, it's great to meet you. Uh, I'm so excited. You know, are, are you going to be joining us, uh, for, for our, our sort of, uh, uh, Gino friend circle? She says, yeah, I, I think so. That's what my mom said. Well, I'm really excited that we're going to get to, we're going to get to spend some time together. Uh, I'll, I'm going to go set up, uh, make sure that we, we got everything, but I hope you're still hungry after eating that, uh, that muffin because, uh, we're going to have, we're going to have some, some cake. Cake. And I think at that, at that point, like Elaine comes over and she's got a, a, a coffee and, and. She's a little startled, I think, mm-hmm. again, when you stand up mm-hmm. and it's like you stand up much further than she was expecting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She, she tries to hide it. She says, Oh, oh, you must be, uh, you must be the, the teacher. Uh, um, I'm, I'm Elaine and, um, we're just so glad to kind of have this, I guess, opportunity for her. She's, I guess they call it a, a precocious pivot. Um, but a lot of the kids at school, like, don't understand. Uh, Juliet's like, Mom, can I go? And Elaine says, Yes, yes. Now, now watch out that you don't hurt other kids with, with your hair. And Juliet says, They should watch out for my hair. <laughs> And she goes with you, Mandy. All right. We're going to fast forward a little bit. Eddie, you're kind of getting work done. Mandy, I think there are a handful of, of other kids kind of who come through, some, some people who have, who have been there before. And, you know, you have friend circle and some cake. And about this time, I, I think sort of as the morning program is over so that uh, other folks conveniently don't have obligations. Faraday, you come in. I come in. And what is actually what is your what is your order? What is my order? So I am going to hope that we've got some of the gooseberry coffee cake. And that is not something that, that Dan's got available, but there is red currant cake. Yeah, let's let's actually play that scene. Okay. I think you yeah, you come up to Dan and you see you see him over like he's got just like a humidity, temperature, barometric pressure, like air quality sensor thing over nearby. Oh, that looks and he's yeah. sort of looking looking okay. at it and, and swearing a little and he turns back okay. to you and says, Oh, Faraday, what can I get for you? Okay, so I'm just gonna say hi and I'm gonna just try to to be cheerful because i am so happy this place exists and i just i i don't have to work this morning i want to enjoy the great coffee cake see some friends and play jenga and i also don't want to brick his device yeah, he slides the square reader like back yeah uh on the yeah. countertop now, i do have some ability to control my field so if if i'm uh, you know more than a foot away from that thing for i i can avoid bricking it for uh you know at least 5 minutes so I'm going to stand a little back from the counter just so he knows I'm remembering not to brick his device. And I'm going to ask him, uh, Dan, you know, how how was how are this morning's uh, awesome baked goods? Uh, is there any gooseberry cake in the mix? He says, um, oh, things, th- things are going well. I, I'm sorry. I know it is Saturday, Faraday, but uh, I'm going to have to disappoint you on that. And he gestures sort of over to the air quality meter. That recipe is really sensitive. And, uh, ever since the Trapes River plant started back online, it's just the, the yeast I need for that interacting with some of the, uh, just the, the pollutants, you know, you can't really, you and I can't tell. I can tell, obviously, but mm-hmm. the yeast definitely can tell. So yeah, the trips. Yeah. But we got some other stuff. I got, uh, I, uh, I got some bagels actually. Um, so do you have any of that red gray summer's cake? With the red currants? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want with the kind of... Did you do the icing sculpture with the little wings coming out of the cake? I love that. It's the only way to do it. It is the only way to do it. Come on. What am I... Come on. How long have we known each other? (laughs) Just... You you gotta check. Did I do the icing wings? I will have a slice of that, and I will have a uh, very large coffee with a whole bunch of foam on top, and... What'd you say about the Trapes plant again? Sounds kind of dodgy. Yeah, well, well, you know that they fired up the that coal plant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, shouldn't be happening. It's been wrecking havoc with a lot of my a lot of the recipes. Let me tell that you. 
That sounds that sounds very bad. I'm going to ask the kind of question that you only get asked by people who work in state and local government. Have you filed a complaint? Have have you filed a complaint? And and Penny starts taking out a paper form because one of the things that she keeps on her are physical paper forms for people to file complaints about things. He says, come on, you know, they don't listen to these things. Circular filing bin and all that. You know, I'm honestly I'm honestly going to tell you that it is a crapshoot. That you never know when one of those things is going to get going to get picked up. Uh, I, I I I know they sometimes don't listen, and it it bums me out. But I think I'm hangry. I think I'm getting hangry about the coal plant right now. He says, "I hear the I hear the governor's husband is you know an investor or something in it." But all right, I'll take it. You know, I'll I'll do anything. Right, I'll do anything to help and. Need those gooseberries back, yes. you know what I'm saying? Okay. Now, conveniently, all three of your characters get like super hungry a lot. So I, I think actually at this point, the rest of you are also in line for just like more food. Hi. Hi. I see Mandy and Eddie. And uh, would, I have, would I have seen Mandy talking to Juliet or is Juliet not visible by the time I walked That in? was hours that ago. That was hours ago. Okay. So Mandy, you've been here all day. Yeah. Yeah. Jenga? Uh... I don't know. Maybe um, I I do have to I do have to get ready for tomorrow's program, but I, I could probably play for a little bit. I mean, I mean you I'm, do always win. I do. I mean, when you're, I think we might have to roll for this because actually, I would see a lot of weakness tags piling up. Yeah, if I mean, play I have giant like claw hands. You have been getting a lot better. Well, it's very kind of you to say that. But uh, yeah, I don't think it really counts as winning Jenga when you move uh, eight eight of the pieces at once. But uh, I, I'm trying to get better. Hang on. Dan? Yeah. You were telling me last week about Mega Jenga. It was like this this new company that like people like us run where it's just like Jenga, but it's floor to ceiling and like all the blocks are like enormous and it's specifically for like people who can do certain things most people can't do did mega jenga arrive oh you're gonna have to ask banter about that you know she kind of runs the board game side of things okay okay is banter around do i need to roll to see if i can get banter oh banter is always there okay you kind of wonder like literally where does her income come from because (laughs) she's either there or walking in with a new board game from kickstarter and so she's she's flipping through the rules. She's got this uh, she's got this uh, you know new wine. She's sitting at a table and and has a a, a latte and, and doing that. So yeah, she she is there. Okay, so I'm gonna go up to Banter uh, holding my red gray summer's cake. I'm gonna ask Banter whether Mega Jenga has come in. Oh um uh you know no let me and she pulls out her phone and then like remembers that you're there and like scoots about three feet down the table and then turns it on and says tracking 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 you know no this thing like they needed to do special freight for this so um i don't know but maybe oh but i got this great one it's like you make a um it's called keystone you you make uh, an ecological system it's i guess isaac vega was involved oh anyway you're gonna like this faraday but we can play that later but let me see uh make a it says maybe tomorrow um okay oh no tomorrow's sunday oh monday oh why do these things always take so long <sighs> I can wait till Tuesday. I can wait till Tuesday. Mandy, can you wait till Tuesday for Mega Jenga? Yeah, uh, I mean, I it's fine. I have a, I have a, I have a contact that I could help with. I mean, that could help. I, th- I mean, if that's, uh, you know, he's fast. Guys, guys, I really, I really appreciate it, but we don't need Mega Jenga. I there's there's other other things than okay. Jenga. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I know you got nothing. You, to, you didn't. You didn't. It, it's okay. I I I'm not hurt that I can't play Jenga. You, Believe see, me, there's a uh, there's bigger things. We're not going to insist on anything. So I'm just going to ask, what game would you like to play? And if this were, let's say, another system, I would be trying to comfort and support you, and that would be a role. So uh, since we are playing exceptionals, I'm going to ask Fiona whether what <laughs> what board game would you like to play is is something you roll for in exceptionals. Um, I don't think so. There okay. is there is I would say if you wanted, let's see, convincing someone to play a game, perhaps. Okay, I, I think I think that we don't need to belabor this mechanically. Uh, uh, Mandy, pick your game. Yeah, you know, um, I guess I've got some time. Um, I don't know. Do 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 you have any recommendations? Or unfortunately, I I, I feel like I mostly just play Candyland these days, and uh, it's not much of a game. 
banter at this point puts her hand on your shoulder and, and just says, this is what I do. And goes over to the board game wall and picks something that is ideal for all parties. She takes pride in that game's sommelier skill set. And she looks over to you, Eddie, and asks if it's sort of like, and I like, are you joining in on this group? Oh, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, that, that, that game's a lot of fun. Uh, all right. So as we're kind of doing this, Faraday, you are, you know, last night you destroyed some construction equipment. And I did. in your mind, that was a a reasonable success. Maybe a little, a little jittery on this one, like a little excited. You hear Dan, as you're playing, you overhear Dan sort of talking about, you know, to just customer after customer, like, no, we don't have the gooseberry coffee cake this morning. And, you know, kind of the the, the subject of this coal plant that has everyone thought was being decommissioned, but is now sort of back online with a vengeance kind of keeps coming up. Mm. It has, if the coal plant has just started back up, so it's in the news, that may be something I'm interested in shutting back down. So I'm just going to kind of keep my investigative senses up and try to see whether I can overhear anything that might be useful in taking it down in a way that won't get me fired because I do need to keep this job. But coal is terrible. I think in order to push this adventure hook further. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to cut to, I think, the next week. Okay. And I think it's basically going to be the same sort of scene here, except a difference of when you come in with Dan, mm -hmm. he's, he tells you that he did actually file that complaint and got sort of a message back of this will not be acted on. Mm. Mandy, I think that some of the kids, you know, there you have a, you know, one of the kids who, who comes by that morning, like is a little like part of her, you know, expression. She's a little bit more sensitive to, to a sort of hyper asthmatic in some ways and is kind of coughing more. And so at your like finding, finding yourselves back together, mm -hmm. there is a greater sense of urgency perhaps than a week ago, both of what this has in the immediate term effect on your community. Any feelings you have about the long-term effects and the fact that actually nothing is going to be done about this. There's people reading the paper. You see pictures of superheroes stopping this or that runaway train or preventing a volcano from appearing in the middle of New Arcadia. The coal plant is not getting any kind of coverage. Yeah. So actually, I'm going to I'm going to even I'm going to do a leading question. OK. Of the three of you, who pitches destroying the coal plant? I am absolutely going to try to drop a deniable hint. Uh, I've got the <laughs> physical copy of the New Arcadia Mercury, which is the paper of record. And uh, I am sharing it in a way that makes the headline easy to see <laughs> with with Eddie and, and with Mandy. I'm just going to lead with. I'm really disappointed in city government. It seems like this shouldn't be happening and they're they're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything to stop it. And I'm just going to leave it there. It really is a shame, you know. Yeah, some of the kids are complaining. This one uh this one kid, they uh they have a, they're really sensitive to to changes in the air and it's really been been giving giving them problems and I just you know, I, I, I wish there was something that we could do about it. I, I, I did try writing some letters. Yeah. To, to is that that is that that bright green kid you were telling me about who like had these kind of solar sails? Yeah, that is. Um. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Toby and uh. Or what is it? Stoma. Is that what leaves used to breathe? Yes. Yes. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Toby. Toby. Or or, or they they go by Stoma. Uh. These days. It's a real problem. And again, I, I, I wrote to, to, to our councilwoman and I, I, I wrote a, I wrote a, a post on the, the city patch account. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I basically. You know what I, you know what I was reading about in a, a physical book last week? Oh, books are wonderful. Yeah. I kind of, kind of need them. It turns out that if you make fossil fuels more expensive to use, Companies that are only into the bottom line start to get really interested in in solar and wind. If if it's just costs too much, because like let's say the equipment keeps breaking, 
Hmm. I think some of that's been happening, like, in Denmark. I heard that Southern Varisha, they had a whole lot of people just knocking over pipelines and stuff uh, to the point where they just stopped building them and put a whole bunch of windmills in the bay. Oh, well, that that does sound lovely. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What what could break technology? I just, I don't know. I, I, I can't. Big smile. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, cut in here and I, I want Eddie's reaction to all this especially because eddie has also been looking for an excuse to do something with his powers i think at some point he he excuses himself from conversation says he needs to go to the bathroom and speeds over the uh, the the way the conversation is going it it definitely sounds like uh, eddie's definitely thinking of ideas of what could make things inconvenient for this power plant and he's used to lurking in or, or exploring areas of the city that would normally be denied to him because he's got his super speed. He can just zip in and out of places. And I think that's what he does. He he surveils the place and he's looking for how easy would it be to sabotage this, to 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 really mess things about without necessarily causing too much, uh, without putting anyone in danger, essentially. So you're, take take right, you're to zip down to the power plant, check it out, zip back. Yes, I'm just- Under the guise of going to the bathroom. I'm just zipping out for, for quick surveillance and coming back and, and seeing if that helps make his decision any. Okay. All right. Yeah, let's, let's, let's roll for this one. I'm going to say kind of scoping this out. We're going to do this at the, at the low end of hard just to kind of see how that goes. So this is going to be a 16 okay. for you to kind of pull this off. Uh, what tags do you have that are going to help you? Here? Well, I've got super speed, obviously. I don't think I have anything here that would, um, let's see. Oh, I've got the, I've got the thrill of mystery or discovery that comes from this, the, the puzzle fiction games that I like writing. Ooh, so okay. that's, that seems like it would be useful. But beyond that, I don't think I have anything that would be great for this specific thing. So plus three total? I have, yeah, I believe so. So that is an 11 plus three. Ooh, we get 14. Okay. So that's a minus two and I get to decide how this fails. I think getting there is not a problem. You are very fast. The question is, I think once you're there, to what degree you are able to scope things out safely. At a normal failure, I think that I'll, I'll, I'll give you this. I, I think that you go around and are not able to find, like, you're looking for like, okay, is there like an Achilles heel of this plant or something like that? You don't find that. It is a coal plant. It's got large fences with barbed wire. It's uh, belching uh, mm-hmm. carbon dioxide and, and other pollutants. Mm-hmm. And you get back and I think you're maybe feeling a little slightly discouraged. Like you you had this plan of like, well, I'm going to go and like find some stuff and bring it back to my friends. Be like, yeah, check this out. You don't have much to bring back other than there's a coal plant and everyone already knew that. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I think let's let's even let's give you a little a little mental stress oh. or actually or social stress. I think this is your your call, which of these you want to take. I think I'm going to take a social stress because realizing that I can't just simply zoom in, get all the answers and zoom back. I think that kind of helps my resolve in a way. I think this is something that I now realize I want to do, and I'm going to have to do the extremely uncomfortable thing of bringing it up and asking for help with this. Well, I want to see that happen. Now, do you get out of breath when you're running or anything like that? I think by this time, I've experimented enough with this that I managed to hide getting out of breath. It's only when I'm forced to stop by by anything before I plan to that I get a little disoriented. But I definitely think that as preoccupied as it's been, I have neglected to tamp down my hair, which would have been, you know, zoomed back. (laughs) (laughs) As you go over at bed, it's like, whoa, everything all right in the bathroom? Yeah, like I control my breathing. I'm back. I, I just think, and but my hair is just. I love the hair sound effect. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. So you know, I was I was thinking, the, the coal plant does have a lot of machines, Penny, and if uh, I imagine if the the machines uh stopped working everywhere in the plant on a pretty regular basis um that i I imagine that's not good for the bottom line huh you know an economist would say if their machines kept breaking they'd have to just take a tax write-off stop burning coal and find some other way to generate electricity for the city is this on a river yes i'm just i'm and i look around just to see if there's anyone i don't recognize within earshot and then i just kind of lean in i think we need to do this for stoma I'd like to do it and not get fired or caught or, you know, 
in trouble, but I think we need to do this. How good are you at rowing boats? I'm a quick learner. Wait, wait, do this? I think we are. I mean, I like, I like the four stoma part, but, but the do this part is, I don't think you're talking about writing letters to Congress people right now. This is what I mean. Mm -hmm. I would like to get a rowboat or a canoe. I would take a canoe. And I think it might be a good time to explore the Trapes River. I would like to see what's going on with the lily pad restoration and uh, just, you know, see what else we can see uh, if we do some canoeing around the Trapes River estuary. I think that would be good. Eddie's going to lean in at, at this point and goes, wait, I'm confused. I thought we were going to use your powers to go into the factory and just give them a lot of technical difficulties. <gasps> uh, uh, um, I'm just going to say that you're not wrong. And I'm going to say that uh, a very good approach to industrial things that are on the water is on the water. Uh, Eddie, does your do your powers? Can you? I'm, I'm leading in. I'm trying to be very quiet and discreet. And when when you say powers, I freeze up again. Okay, I'm going to try this again. How are you at canoes, kayaks, rowboats? Is that fun for you? Is that something that you're you good at? I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to look over Mandy. Yeah, Mandy, how much of this are you picking up as far as the hints and that? So I have written down that Mandy is not really the, uh, the, the, the smartest when it comes to things that aren't directly related to taking care of kids. Um, but Mandy is not that naive that, uh, <laughs> that she, she doesn't realize what's going on here. I think she's kind of hoping that it's not what she thinks, but I think by now, It'd be hard not to to feel like I don't think you could even pretend that you don't understand what's going on right now. She's struggling because she clearly wants a solution here and wants to help the kids and knows what's going on is a problem and knows that writing letters to Congress people isn't really uh, doing doing much in this situation. But it's hard. It's it's hard for her. She's she's afraid to to take this kind of action. So so. Mandy. Mandy? Yeah? It seems, I'm just trying to kind of read your face here, it seems like you're not maybe as into, let's say, recreational canoeing in, in the evening hours as uh, Eddie and I might be. It's just, it's, you know... I, I don't I don't want to get in get in any kind of trouble. It's it's kind of tough for me to hide. And at this, um, Eddie's going to take a deep breath and go, um, Mandy, uh, I I I have powers. I I mean I I know in this place it's not that big a surprise, but um, I have uh I have very I have powers that help with um unobtrusiveness. Hmm. <laughs> And I, I mean, I, I, I want to help and, and, and frankly, I'm great at rowing because I got these, you know, long arms and stuff, but I mean, it needs to be done. It really does. Penny is nodding. Uh, so is, so is Eddie. Okay. So the three of you have decided to, I think you realize, do something about the coal power plant on Trapes River. Open questions, perhaps, about the do something. We'll see if you're all on the same page when you get there. But what I want to do before we cut to you in a canoe is I want, I want a prep scene from each of you. What is one thing that you do in the intervening week? to kind of get ready. And this could be like, oh, I'm actually preparing, you know, finding stuff out or whatever. Or is there like a like a mental prep or a kind of a, a practicing or that kind of thing? And let's start let's start with a new guy, Eddie. How are you feeling? Like are you excited? Like what's your what's going through your brain right now? I think there's a part of me that's excited because there is what ever since I've gotten my powers, I've loved experimenting with them, trying new things. And there's one thing that during this week I definitely want to be doing. And that's practicing with uh, Penny to amp up her powers. See how that works. Yeah, because of the power augmentation power that you have. Yeah. What, what do you have to practice on? So that's what I'm wondering. So I put down in the, in the notes that Dan has something uh, that I like to call trench coat dimensions. Uh, a trench coat dimension. Yes. It's got a lot of pocket dimensions in it. I think what Eddie is going to do is spend an entire day combing through the city, uh, through the junk of the city, looking for discarded electronics. Oh. I think when you when you first broach this to Dan, I think he is thinking that it's like, oh, this is training time for for you. And you, you see him kind of like reach for the coach hat and he's like, I was I was wondering when you were gonna come to me about this. 
Eddie. I I do. While I do want to 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 practice with you, there's this is this is actually something I'm hoping to do to better understand uh, Penny's powers. If 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 that's all right, if it's if it's okay, if I um if it if I use the D Danger Room, he says, "Oh, okay, but uh, sure, yeah, no, that's that's fine." But you know, when you're, I'm not going to rush you, but I'm here for you, and I'm interested when you're ready. Thank you. Do you have any machines um, that you don't mind being turned into scrap by accident if this goes badly? Oh, you know what? I got a couple broken mixers. The, uh, let me tell you, the, the cement kick experiments, I know the result ended up being pretty good, but there was a cost. And yeah, he's, he's got like some fairly, you know, sort of the, the larger yeah, KitchenAid. Uh, kind of. I think cut to cut to the two of you then in this in this pocket dimension, Dan is the keeper of this trench coat of dimensions. Un- unclear where it came from, who made it, maybe, um, whose power set is involved here. But which dimension did you choose, Eddie? There is one that um, people don't go to that often because it's it's a bit of a, a of a Terminator like dystopia where robots have sort of taken over. A tank, and uh, they've won in this dimension, and they're mostly inert unless they can test life. This is basically the 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 the, the dimension people go to when they want to practice ethically smashing up as much stuff as possible. Is the dimension called, nicknamed Test Life because everything is kind of Tesla-ish there? <laughs> that uh, that brand name has been popping up on a lot of uh, on most of the buildings there. Have you been here before, Penny? I have. Uh, I not often because I don't. I don't really want to physically break things, and the Genos who come here a lot are people who really want to fight robots and smash them. And I am neither very good at that nor very interested in that because I just kind of stare at them and then they stop working. But it is a good place for me to practice extending my powers. So I have been here uh, when I felt I needed to practice for uh, other other large scale goals. Okay. By the way, just for my own edification, test life is is there like a pun there besides just like Tesla? I'm not. No, that's we making reference to something. Okay. What's the life? It's 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 like life, but it's Tesla. Tesla life. Um. Tesla life. Yeah. Tesla life. That's like life, but it's not really life because it's just a bunch of Teslas. I feel like I was promised better puns. <laughs> okay. So I, you've got, um, all right, dystopia. I, I can imagine that. That's not hard. I think we've got a, a fairly polluted, both from chemicals and probably algae blooms kind of river. A little stagnant, not moving very well. You have maybe a half cut out oil drum yeah. is sort of the best you're able to kind of put together mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. This is really just a like testing electricity kind of thing. I, 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 I like, I almost like the idea of the electronics, like, like you, 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 you arrayed them out like every two meters or something like that to kind of see like, how far can we go? So there's going to be a role and it's going to include the bond. And my question for you all is, do we want to do this as Penny rolling to break things with Eddie helping, or is this a role of Eddie sort of augmenting? I kind of want to know, like, what is the narrative focus of this next bit? I think given the, uh, what this ultimate purpose is to use Penny's powers to shut down the coal plant, um, that, that, that the focus would be on Penny or that Penny would be making the role here. Okay. Okay. So what is your, what is your bond then with, with Penny? We have it down as. Co-op game teammate, level one. So this is going to be a plus one because you don't have much of a bond yet, but you're going to be able to sort of charge that bond up and put a point into it. Penny, what is your, what are you trying to get out of this role? Is this an all out thing? Is this, uh, uh, what, what is, what's going through your brain right now? So as we roll down the river in the oil drums, passing the probots and the candroids and some of the chemistry branches, I am trying to figure out how far my augmented field can extend and how directional it can be because what I don't want to do is extend it in, you know, one kilometer in every direction. Even if I could, that would do things like shut off people's pacemakers. That is not a good idea. What I want to do is be able, is, is try to have it extend like a pseudopod from me into the plant as I move by. 
and kind of swing it almost the way people swing bats so that I can disrupt only what's in front of me. Okay, so this is going to be a almost like a like a finesse or targeting as you are hitting these provided electronics that Eddie has found. I'm going to I'm going to say that this this is going to be hard. Uh, this I want is going to be a 19. You get a bonus from Eddie and then you'll get a bonus from whatever tags you have. Because this is a somewhat unusual way of using your powers. Yeah. Uh, if this succeeds, I think this gives us a little narrative permission in the future to have yeah. this work. Should I go over the tags? If it fails, you're going to get swarmed by robots. Um, what? Should I go over the tags that I have? Yeah, just just read out what you got. What do you put in this? I've got the general electrical field uh, from I'm Electric, uh, and that is a plus two. I bricked your device on purpose is a plus one. I know where things are. The the sense of of how to direct it should be another plus one. So we've got a plus four. Yeah, but can I try to go go higher? Do you have more that apply? I do. Yeah, I have seer of systems, which means in a complex electrical system, I understand what's going to short out first and um, mm. how to how to make it happen. And um, I might have a minus one uh, or a minus two because I'm on... Oh, you know what? That's not true. Water is a good enough conductor. Uh, that's actually going to go... Um, in a, in a, you know what? I'm in a, a metal object on water. So ground hugger, uh, best one grounded bad in a vacuum. I'm in a metal object that is on the water. So that's probably a pl- another plus one. Okay. I'm not going to give you Sierra of Systems. This is like individual things to hit. And I actually think that this is not action. Okay. This is training. Okay. So I think your bias to action weakness is going to uh, come into play here, that you're doing this here rather than like right now just being on the, in the canoe. So is that a plus five and a minus one? It'll be a minus two. Minus two. Ooh, oh no. Okay. All right. Trying to hit a 19 is the top end okay. of hard. That is the top end of hard and we've got a, we've got a plus three. Oh, actually and add that extra plus one. Oh, because um, the bond. So we're adding, okay, we're adding four to the roll and we've got a 13 plus four. So that is a 17. Okay, so you're short by two. That that is that is how the math works. I'm gonna say what what we get out of this is I think we're gonna prove out that Eddie can extend your range. And and Eddie, why don't you talk, why don't you actually get we get a little sense of the powers? Like, how are your powers helping Faraday in this moment? So what this does is it's it's all connected to speed. I can speed so I could do the the, the normal thing of of lending my super speed to Penny. But what I'm doing in this in this moment is focused speed augmentation. So what this does is like if you I, I don't know what the cost is of your powers. Like if normally if you get a little hungry, if you use your powers too much, now you would be starving. Mm. So that's what it does. Uh, it, it, it gives you a stronger blast of your powers, more uh, of whatever uh, the cost is, is going into it. And that makes your powers stronger. And uh, in doing so, you are practicing your own focus um, to achieve this very specific thing. I think what what we're going to get then out of this failure is that the the augmentation worked. You hit the last KitchenAid. Okay. But you also sort of hear behind you like this creak and one of those candroids that actually was going to sneak up on you mm-hmm. behind you just also got zapped. So you and you could feel it that like things were going faster. The electricity was generating more. And so there was just more of it. And you you couldn't get that control in this moment. So this gave you more of your regular powers. It didn't help you use your powers in a new or better way. Could be worse. Uh, when you say there's a creek behind me, uh, is that a C-R-E-E-K with water or a C-R-E-A-K because of the candroid? We're going to go with the candroid okay. falling over. Okay. And it's 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 actually, there. there's a slight homage to uh, to the R2 falling over sound okay. uh, from um, The New Hope. Mandy, yeah. what's your, uh, what are you doing? So this uh, week? I know that this isn't, you know, as exciting, but I, I do feel like, narratively this is important mandy is sitting down and trying to write as many lesson plans as possible (laughs) so in case she goes to jail she can leave these with gordy i love uh, this for for gordy to use that's fantastic because mandy is still very afraid that she is going to go to jail she acknowledges that this is important for her to do but she's very scared and that's kind of that's kind of where we're at oh my gosh i love this I, I don't feel like Mandy is going to be practicing 
practicing with her powers very much because a lot of Mandy's stuff is just that that could be useful. It's just very innate. Like she's very strong mm-hmm. because she just is. Right. So it isn't quite as complicated as that. But narratively, I feel like that's what she'd be doing. Uh, again, I don't feel like there's a dice roll or anything that I need. But I think there is. And, and oh, I, OK. To see how good I can write. I think this comes down to the fear. Oh, yeah, OK. I think it it's the, the question is. Is this soothing? Is this, okay, I'm preparing myself and my students enough that you feel like you're not going to go into the adventure with that hanging over your head? So this is a cause to ward off impending stress, I would say. Um, and so I'm going to put it, uh, if, if that works for you. Yeah, that's fine. I'm going to put this probably about at a, at a, at a 12. Okay, so I've got kind of a couple of tags that could yeah. apply. I have here elementary school teacher vibes. Uh, so that's going to be plus two, plus one, helping kids, uh, that society wants to forget. Mm-hmm. Um, plus one for again, volunteering. So that's four plus one for educational psychology as a field of study. Wow. Plus one for caring about the needs of Gino children as a <laughs> focused uh, area. Plus one, I have a lot of stuff related to being a teacher, guys. Yeah. I, it, this, it just came this out. This is wonderful. Yeah. Plus one for having written uh, academic papers about education. Yep. Okay. I think that her, so that is two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's plus seven. I'll, I'll say that her anxiety about hurting someone is kind of indirectly at play here, though, okay. because hurting someone by becoming absent. Do you know what I mean? Like, like yeah. what if she's gone and, and can't help the kids the same way as she yeah, used Yeah, I mean, Juliet and Stoma would be, yes. um, yeah. you know heartbroken if you weren't there. So that's going to be a minus two then on top of that. All right. So plus seven minus two is plus five. Hit that 12. See it. You know, we're going to just leave it there. Come back next week to hear how Mandy does writing those lesson plans. This run, we've been playing Exceptionals by Gar Atkins and published by Bramble Wolf Games. You can find it online at bramblewolfgames.itch.io slash exceptionals. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2022. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter as at Team Up Moves or at Fiona Wim and at Accommodatingly, respectively. Check the show notes for Spout. Our website is teamupmoves.com. It has information about the games, about our guests, and subscribe links so you can make sure to never miss an episode. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. You can find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. Thank you so much for listening. We're a new show, so any retweets or iTunes reviews or just telling a friend on Discord, you can do absolutely helps us out helps us grow that audience and keep bringing more superhero games and talking about them to your ears until next time take care pals